For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Jaybird Watching. No Blue Jays news here tonight. We are going to talk nothing but shenanigans on Blue Jay, or I mean, baseball movies in general. Sorry, I'm even getting uh, used to my typical Blue Jays ballpark stuff. <laughs> and as far as all the fun goes, I got a great eclectic group here with me this evening, ranging from announcers to random jerks just like me. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad I'm even making my own friends laugh here. But first, uh, Second time on our show, the voice of the Bluefield Blue Jays, Zach Helton. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, and this is going to be a fun show. I've been looking forward to it all week. <laughs> I'm glad we can tickle your fancy, man. So, <laughs> so also, I'm actually with, sitting at a yeah. casino right now. So uh, I, I, I'm hoping I'm not losing any money as we speak. <laughs> Good. Good deal, man. Hopefully, you won't be the eight man out or anything on that. <laughs> Oh, no, not tonight. <laughs> See, movie quotes are already starting. So, also with me, uh, joining the group here, Hayden Godfrey of Jay's Journal and a few other places these days. Hayden, how's it going, my friend? It's going great, Craig. I just want to echo what Zach said. Like, I've been looking forward to this all week. It's just, you know, we talk a lot about the news, but sometimes it's it's good to just go back to our, you know, childhoods or pre-childhoods in my case and just just talk about some stuff that we love so i'm really excited for it yeah i gotta make the terrible reference because i've had this one in my head all week as if we're i'm working for the if we build it more people will come type thing tonight <laughs> <laughs> anyways last guest here on the show one of the regulars just like hayden um adam corsair my partner in crime of south of the six how's it going my friend it's going well man i have to echo what hayden said look it's we we do love the Blue Jays, I have to make that clear, but sometimes it's fun just to, like, chit-chat and talk about other things and sort of have a release and, uh, you know, sort of a fun conversation. Not that the Blue Jays aren't fun, but, you know, have a, have a fun, you know, relaxed conversation. I've been looking forward to this all week as well, just to, you know, copy everybody in the chat. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Let's get it done. Yeah, and we're going to just dive right into this whole fun list. So as far as everybody is concerned... Just to give you the rules of how this fun was calculated here, not only have I taken the votes that we got off of Twitter, our wonderful contributors, including Zach, actually, as a guest contributor, basically, this week, and um, wonderful uh, countdowns from MLB.com and Bleacher Report to kind of get into this, like, Molotov cocktail of baseball movies <laughs> as far as how I ended up just more or less Bill McKinney of freaking MLB Network statishing this thing together. I'm expecting it to generate some decent conversation. We already were getting booze and whatnot before the show even started, just to give you all a reference of what you're getting into <laughs> with this group of people. So we had some interesting movies just miss our list. I think we're going to go here first. Um, I'll get let um, Hayden kick us off. One of the movies he voted for, Angels in the Outfield, kind of not even coming close and in the little big league bench warmers ballpark of this conversation <laughs> so I, 
I'm really disappointed in that, Craig. Like, I, I mean, I watched it a lot growing up, uh, and Christopher Lloyd has always been like this really big figure because I grew up a really huge Back to the Future fan. I'm kind of shocked, but but at the same time, it is kind of a more kid-oriented movie. You know, it's it's not as adult and not as mature. So I'm kind of disappointed at that, but at the same time, not overly surprised. But I would have hoped it beat beat at least one or two <laughs> of the uh, of the films that we're going to talk about. But yeah, pretty disappointed overall. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, I think we'll get make some you know fan fandom for you at some point here, my friend. But as far as everything goes, um, like I said, that kind of is one of the ones that's fallen off the complete radar. As far as um, and I think a lot of that is just for the fact that there has been so many good baseball movies over the years. That's one of those ones, Hayden. That I'm sorry is just getting overlooked. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Especially, I mean, it's relatively old, and and there aren't as many great quotable lines in it, but. I don't know. There's something. There's something good about it, just for me. But I get it. Yeah. There's only so much arm flapping I can do, my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> Tony Danza. That's all <laughs> I have to say. Tony Danza. <laughs> so Zach, my friend, um, also, and to much of my shock as well, a more of a modern classic-ish, at least in the last ten years or so, for love of the game not really falling into too far up this list as far as everything goes, completely missing the top nine on this and kind of falling into where the math on this fell into the you know late high tens, almost 20 <laughs> on the rankings. I was shocked to think that something with Kevin Costner in another baseball movie didn't quite make the cut. You know, I, I kind of get it. Uh, you know, one game... And all the flashbacks, it's, it's kind of hard for uh, some baseball fans to even uh, kind of stay tuned to it. It kind of clicks back and forth. But I thought, man, a perfect game in your last game, it's such a tremendous baseball story uh, if you just factor out the whole love thing. Uh, but uh, I, I guess uh, Tiger fans uh, didn't vote on this, uh, this poll, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, we haven't gotten some of our friends in the Tigers organization apparently to call this one up from the minors as far as the uh, starting nine for this countdown is concerned. Um, honestly, I just love that part where he gets pissed off and you hear paint it black <laughs> marching through the whole movie. Yeah. But, and uh, him just mowing down Yankee hitters of all people, right? <laughs> yeah, any, anytime, anytime you can uh, defeat the Yankees in Yankee Stadium and, and shut those people up, it's always great, whether it's true or not. Uh, you, you, you can't go wrong. Yeah, and literally the loneliest place in all of the sports world, you know, it's just one of those things that kind of, you know, really hits home, I think, for especially Blue Jays fans that have been more or less beaten around that ballpark for years. Even in the new park, as much as we want to forget all the old one, it looks exactly the same as the old one. <laughs> so... As far as all good things are concerned, Mr. Corsair, um, even Gary Busey could not save Rookie of the Year, apparently, for this countdown, which really hurts me because that might have been one of the best rain delays I've been to recently, being able to watch Rookie of the Year while I was sitting for Vlad Jr. here in Rochester waiting for the rain delay to be going. Dude, so good. I don't understand how this movie is not on the list. Like... I remember picking that up. I don't know if if people like it within this chat if you guys had a major video when you were a kid, but in my neck of the woods there was this little uh video rental shop called Major Video. It's kind of like a bootleg blockbuster. And they were giving away VHSs and I remember snagging the rookie of the year VHS and I watched that continuously till no end. 
Like I remember, I remember vividly sitting down in front of my television as like an eight or nine year old kid, just watching this movie. You know, it was the best, dude. Like you had Roland Gardner and like the coach or the manager rather would just name off every single different last name that rhymed with it. It was just the I love that movie, man. It's a nostalgic movie for me. I know it's not like a true to form baseball movie, but it's just a fun movie for me. Yeah. At least with you on the Rookie of the Year topic, Adam, I think uh, you're just missing the starting nine. You are the number 10 super utility guy with Rookie of the Year, just okay. missing <laughs> this countdown. Right. And oddly enough, because I'm fun guessing fact. it's just the weird fun of what MLB.com and the Bleacher Report part of this math did to this whole thing. That was all stuff that fans voted for, and it was the national thing, so it was kind of like, okay, I guess I get it. It just missed, but... The fact that, you know, just it has Marv from Home Alone in it as one of the craziest yeah. characters in baseball movies, period. And not to mention you have Gary Busey as the guy that's, uh, you know, the rocket. <laughs> Fun fact about Rookie of the Year, I tried to uh, make my arm a slingshot like uh, Rowan Gardner did by falling on a bunch of baseballs as a kid. And now all I have is arthritis. So uh, I don't know if there's a lawsuit out there, but I, I think I should pursue that. Yeah, you can only go yeah. so far, Zach. <laughs> That's false advertising, man. You have a case. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I'm going to get some sleazy lawyer I'll see tonight at about 2 a.m. on the TV. Yeah. You got it. Hopefully, it. And hopefully Disney doesn't own the rights to Rookie of the Year like the rest of my childhood. <laughs> I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think they do. I want to say that was a Fox movie, so I think you're in the clear. <laughs> Which is funny enough with some of that Disney now, too. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, never mind. <laughs> anyway... Now, enough Disney jokes, because as far as we get to the nitty-gritty of this whole countdown, the starting nine for great baseball movies. Um, and after the countdown here, guys, we'll just let let the floodgates open. <laughs> so we'll talk Do a little it. bit about each movie, and this is the one that I I can't even believe I'm even bringing this movie up. But I'm gonna, I, I want to curse out Bleacher Report for ranking this movie so highly. And Blue Jays fans are going to hate me even saying this. But coming in at number nine, quote-unquote, for the top movies in baseball history, Pride of the Yankees. Next. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as far as beating out Rookie of the Year, that one hurts, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I I get, like, maybe there's a sense of, like, classic noir about it, but, like, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's that enjoyable. Is that a hot take? Anybody? <laughs> yes, yeah, somewhat. No. Okay. Yeah, just the classicness of it, right? Yeah. It's yeah. I think it's that exact. That it's the black and white. It's the grain, the graininess to it, the history. Um, but um, I just think it's funny that I told before this episode that we couldn't put do Ken Burns baseball on this to Adam Corsair before the game, and then the game, yeah. the one that comes in is the quote unquote history of the game for the Yankees. Anyways, is what literally kicks this thing off i i feel bad but it is hollywood movie man that's that was kind of the guiding line of this whole thing for how this countdown is going to go so um and then so coming in at number eight this is one of my personal favorites but i didn't even vote for this one because we, we tried to limit to how many votes that all four of us ended up having to let this math kind of air out along with the fan votes and everything the bad news bears Coming in at eight, guys. Uh, Zach, I'm assuming just, you know, growing up, this had to have been one of your favorites as well. Yes, Walter Matthau was uh, the quintessential Little League manager that I had growing up. 
any manager that can put nine kids on the field and a winning lineup and still consume alcoholic beverages has my uh, <laughs> vote any day of the week. Yeah, and I, I have a strange feeling nobody in this group was, was exactly Catfish Hunter, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> as far as it goes, um, a movie that spawned countless <laughs> countless sequels back to the minors all this kind of stuff even including a, a sequel that was filmed exclusively in the astrodome back in the day of its heyday oh. uh, you know it's just it, 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 this is the definition of little league baseball as far as baseball movies go and everybody has fond memories of this movie and probably has some very relatable friends characters whatever that are exactly from this movie everybody knows the one jock Sometimes I, I had a couple girls on teams growing up, and they were just like that. They could throw the ball hard. <laughs> you know, it's just how it is. Um, Hayden, you being the youngest in the group, um, is this a movie you're familiar with? You know, it is. It is, Craig. And it's so funny that, that you mentioned that, uh, the relatable thing. <clears throat> because I think we've all had those Bad News Bears moments, right? When we were in Little League, and we were just bad and i distinctly remember having this team a house league team and we were all super good buds but we were bad and we were like really bad and it's relatable and it's fun and again i i sort of i don't want to lump this in but i sort of think of these sort of like kid baseball movies in the same category because they're nostalgic and fun and wholesome but yeah i i it's a classic and i use the term bad news bears a lot in my regular everyday speech even when not referring to baseball and people who are not baseball fans still get it it's really transcended the sport and i love it for it i think it's great yeah it's one of those movies like i said that's kind of ripped into the culture of a people period as far as how things go um adam you got it weigh in on the bear on the bears i think it's a classic movie and for that reason, the reason why I think it's um, rated so low is because there was a sequel, or rather a remake, right? If there wasn't a remake, I think there would be more of a sense of appreciation for the movie, but because uh, they had to kind of mess it up with Billy Bob Thornton, I think that's why people have a sour taste in their mouths about it. Yeah, and just for those, everybody listening, we are conveniently forgetting the fact that there was a sequel to The Bad News Bears that included Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Just writing it off. <laughs> Regardless quick, of a sequel, remake, did, whatever. Go ahead. Quick question. Did did uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie adopt any of the kids from the remake <laughs> movie, or is that speculation? And we can't confirm nor deny. Yes. Okay. Um, they weren't I'm going to start right that country. rumor personally. <laughs> so, but as far as all things go before we dive down that rabbit hole, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as everything goes, um, Adam, let me cue you up here with some wild thing. <laughs> Coming in at number seven, we have Major League. Great movie. Great, great movie. And, like, I'm surprised that it's at seven. Um, look, there, there's a a great cast to that movie. The movie was super funny, and you did have some, like, a little bit of a romantic aspect to the movie, so... If, like, my wife wanted to throw on a movie, I'd be like, hey, you know, there's a little bit of a romance element to this. Like, maybe we should watch it. Maybe you'll like it. And it's funny. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a deep sense of appreciation for this movie. However, it's not... The reason why it might be rated so low, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's not really as quotable as the ones that will uh, 
that will topple it. I will give you that Bob Euchre is infinitely tweetable with his gifts from this movie, <laughs> That's true. and I am tweetable, perfect yes. exact perfect example of that. Um, I'm I when I was trying to get more votes for this, I literally had the gif of him going and the Cleveland Indians take the field, and he's holding the microphone left, right, up, down, and there's like two people clapping in the whole ballpark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, Zach, what do you think? Major League coming in at number seven, as we were just saying. Um, this is one of the funniest ones probably on the countdown here. Yeah, I, and I think the great thing about it, I, I, part of it, me as, as a baseball guy, I like authenticity. The first one was filmed in the old Cleveland Stadium. So, it, it's you know, a baseball person would realize, oh, yeah, Indians in Cleveland Stadium win. The second one was filmed in uh, Camden Yards, uh, so I, I like the authenticity of the first one. And it was like, oh, here, here comes these uh, this ragtag bunch. They're gonna, you know, go against the uh, big band ownership and, and, and make a statement uh, when uh, you know the third baseman who uh, ends up on the team in the second one. It, it didn't kind of flow for me, and the third one was just out there. But you know, the the first one. I, you know, I, I thought that was as genuine as it, as it could get for a baseball movie. Yeah, and I'm sure you have a special appreciation with the uh, Bluefield crowd and everything with how some of the shenanigans are with that one down there, bud, being a visitor myself. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's almost a, a nightly thing in Bluefield and the Appy League in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, why do I feel like I can hear you or see you holding the microphone out just like Bob Euchre, like I alluded to a minute ago? <laughs> or was that just because Smokey the Bear had the microphone before I did when I was visiting? <laughs> well, you, well, you you saw you saw exactly my setup. If, if I was to hold the the microphone out, the people in one of the box seats would probably take it from me. So <laughs> I have to I have to pull that back in before before like the third or fourth inning before they get too drunk to even uh, realize what's going on behind them. <laughs> Next thing you know, you hear a microphone hit him in the back of the back of the head, you know. <laughs> so good stuff, guys. As far as everything goes, and um, Hayden, I'm gonna let you kick off number six with uh, our own Wonderbat and everything with the Natural coming in at number six. This is uh, oddly a personal favorite of a younger individual like yourself, and I'm sorry if I've used that twice now by calling you the kid in the group. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm absolutely the youngest one in the group, and it, it is weird. I say to myself, it's weird, because this is my favorite baseball movie, I, I think, um, all things considered. I think it's a lot of nostalgia. You know, everything that I learned about baseball, I learned fr from my dad, as I'm sure a lot of us did. Um, and I remember vividly watching this movie with him and my younger brother. And there's something about that scene where he shatters the lights uh, with the home run that is so iconic and is so ingrained in my mind. And I just love it. I mean, there's a there's a quote from a movie that we're going to get to in a, a few minutes uh, where one of the characters asks, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Uh, and I think the natural really hits that on the head. I love Robert Redford. I, I, it's weird for someone of my generation to say that he's one of my favorite actors, but I love it. I just think everything about it. Some people think it's a little slow and a little bit too long, but I really just love it. It's It's a wonderful story. Um, and it's really cool and poetic. And sometimes, you know, as much as I just love to, to fool around and talk baseball, it, it's kind of cool to put it in sort of this romantic, almost elegant sort of way that they put it in. 
but I'd like to hear your guys' opinions on it as well, because it, it's weird that somebody who, again, was born was 16, 17 years after this movie came out is defending it. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely my favorite, but I, I love it. Yeah, Adam, you want to kick this one off? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that the, the whole home run, the shattering of the lights, I think that is definitely iconic, and that's something that, you know, when you're you're a kid or even now in my beer league softball leagues in the summer like I, i'm thinking about that when i'm stepping up to the plate you know i'm like i could i could probably do that and i never i never do but uh, you know like you it, it's something to sort of uh to emulate and to think that look this is this is a classic baseball movie like the it, the reason why it's not as quotable or quote unquote fun it's because it's like soup to nuts a baseball movie so like in that aspect i can definitely appreciate it and i think like robert redford was a huge baseball fan correct me if i'm wrong like yeah i I think very much in the kevin costner cut did he play independent ball i might have have to google that one but yeah it wouldn't shock me he's always looks like he's been ready to step right on the field so yeah, it's it's a classic baseball movie to me. It's it's definitely uh, up there in my top favorites. It's not my top three, as we'll discuss, but like it's definitely it's up there. Yeah. So I got to put the personal area reference for where I am around Rochester, New York. This movie was actually filmed at the War Memorial Stadium in Buffalo, New York. Ah. Oh. Which um, around uh, these parts, that stadium has obviously been fallen by the wayside. But even when it was open, it was a War Memorial Stadium. But people always asked which war. Because it is so beaten. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I didn't know that. So just to give you the, like I said, the small town uh, fun from this side of New York where I reside, um, especially for our Canadian brethren just north of where we po- podcast this f- show from, where Hayden resides, <laughs> uh, Buffalo ain't too far away, and we used to even have a couple Buffalo Bills home games <laughs> every season wow. in Toronto. So it's one yeah. of those things that the with the natural having that cut here, um, I was actually at the Blue Jays prospect thing le- recently and talking with some of the guys with the Buffalo Bisons organization. This still rings very, very true that this is a piece of Buffalo Bisons history, basically. I love it. Yeah, I think I think as Adam mentioned, like it's a it's a serious movie, right? So it doesn't hit as hard with people, but yeah, I, I love the history behind it too. And Robert Redford's just cool. That's I mean, I was a kid and I thought he was Superman when I was a kid. So there's my little emotional attachment to it. Yeah. So Zach, you want to weigh in? Two after? things. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say two things that come to my mind about this movie. One, if anyone in the Blue Jays organization currently is going to blast a light fixture, it's going to be Alejandro Kirk. Uh, <laughs> you'll see uh, you'll see his power uh, someone down someone down the road, uh, he, but he showed it off last year at Bluefield. And two, how does Pop Fisher keep his job? <laughs> I, you know, he, he, let, he let Roy Hobbs sit on the bench for so long, and then he comes up and starts raking. Someone in the front office has to say, Pop, I, you just do not have any more. you got to go. You let Roy <laughs> sit on the bench this long? Come on. So th- that's my two bugaboos about this movie. <laughs> Yeah, the only guy I can think of is the 70s Oakland A's manager that had the best team ever with Jackson and Vita Blue and all that, and they're just somehow trying to bury the team. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, let's, think, let's trade Let's trade Jackson to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> so, um, just after, uh, as far as uh, everything is concerned, uh, the only lights I'm ever going to knock out are on uh, 
light in the foul pole area behind home plate. <laughs> and softball. Hey, lights are lights, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, lights exactly. are lights. <laughs> no offense, I'd probably bat flip the living hell out of that if I actually did knock a light out behind home plate. <laughs> That's it. And you know, if it's softball, right? So like, what is it? The third foul is a strike, and if you strike out, like at that point, just like I'd run the bases anyway, even if you shattered the light. Like, I would just do it anyway. Good deal, man. So. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going to let free game on whoever wants to take lead on this one first, uh, but there is no crying in baseball, regardless in this one being a ladies' sport. A league of their own coming in at number five, and in all reality, just squeaking the natural out by one point in the math for this. So, who? any takers? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, this is the movie that I discovered Tom Hanks with. It wasn't big. It was this movie first, and I love this movie I, I i think it's a great movie it, it, it's the no crying in baseball quote that is ever present in baseball like if, if you're coaching little league and you see a child cry like that's the first thing you want to say but now you kind of can't say because you know pc culture and all but like you want to say it so bad i don't know i just i think the movie is great i think the ending is awesome uh yeah i don't know i love the movie and it it, it highlights a time where uh you know, Major League Baseball wasn't really pre- right because this is how Women's Baseball League came about because the men went to war. Um, so it just highlights a special time in baseball history, and for that, I'm appreciative of the movie. I I, I totally agree, Adam. Like that that scene, first of all, is iconic. Again, going back to to my dad, he would always tell me a, a four year old, five year old me crying after a strikeout or something, and he would say, "There's no crying in baseball." I never understood it. The same way when my grandmother would say, no soup for you. I did not understand <laughs> it. Uh, now I'm getting that. But but as you mentioned, like I, I actually discovered Tom Hanks in Big. This is my second Tom Hanks movie. Big but he's awesome in it. Great movie. And, and it is very, very quotable. And just cool. I mean, it's got some funny quips. And it's just great overall. Zach? I, I like I like that Tom Hanks, is, is, his character is, is based loosely on uh, uh, Jimmy Fox and... I, there's so much about him <laughs> that I, I tried to instill in playing ball, uh, just being reckless in life, <laughs> and it's boded me well so far. But uh, j- the the baseball scenes were were fantastic, and it, it, Rosie O'Donnell at third. I, you know who who would have thought that that's a perfect fit? And then uh, Gina Davis behind the plate. Uh, she was a tremendous catcher, and, and the the dynamic between her and her sister. They were always fighting. It, you know. I, I caught growing up and even into college and, and it was always like it was me fighting the pitcher. So I, I felt that <laughs> even into my later play days, but that, that was one of the first movies that made me fall in love with baseball. And, um, I never tried to play in a skirt, thankfully, <laughs> but I, I just, not I, exactly I do not see that getting well for anyone. <laughs> I don't think anyone would want us to be playing a skirt. <laughs> it's one of those movies that like you could sort of relate to as well. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I play softball, it's like, lay off the high ones. I like the high ones. I really like the high ones. <laughs> like, I like to wait at the high ones. And, like, it for to give her credit, like, I, I know, like, right now, like, pop singers in movies right now is kind of, like, cliche. But Madonna did pretty well in this movie. She did. I say, you know, I have to say it. Yeah, and as far as uh, Madonna and everybody and the whole collective hitting up that uh, the whole idea of the Rosie Riveter kind of idea fully incarnated, right? Just hit the nail right on the head and still found not, not only that history piece to it, finding a good way to find the balance between baseball, history, and comedy all in one package to make this 
a really really good movie you know it I'm, it's amazing that you don't hear about it but it's one of, more often but it's one of those movies if it's on the MLB network and I'm channel surfing at night usually doesn't matter where it is in the movie I end up stop stopping my search for sure of course. totally totally agree love it so Adam Corsair is about to get very very happy with me because I didn't notice something in the tabulation of the fun of the math beforehand we actually had a tie and throughout the rest of the money, the points on this, I used the fan votes as the tiebreaker. So coming in at number four is actually Field of Dreams with Kevin okay. Costner. Another Kevin Costner movie. So we're noticing a theme yet, are we? Yes. <laughs> so, Adam, um, what do you think as far as Field of Dreams? It's a baseball movie, but not fully a baseball movie, but... Seating its morals more than that, more or less. It's it's a movie like all right. So we all at that and Hayden touched on this before. We all have like sort of visions and I don't want to speak for everyone, but like in in the abstract, the whole father son baseball relationship is ever present, right? Like this is something that it, when when you have a son, you sort of like I can't wait to put a baseball in its left in his left hand the moment he's born. Or at least yeah. that's just like my vision. Like I, I'm like if I ever have a son, that's the first thing. As soon as my wife gives birth to that child, there's a baseball in his left hand. Period. <laughs> period. <laughs> so like to have this to have this re- like father son uh, sort of chasing relationship, like chasing trying to please his father, like trying to have this abstract relationship of his dead father and the whole if you build it, they will come thing. And at the end, like he sees his father, all he wants to do is play catch with his dad. That's all he wants to do play catch with his dad and like for me that's sort of sentimental there's something uh very powerful about that and i think it rings true with a lot of uh boys or even girls like growing up playing baseball with their fathers like that is a a true relationship there when it comes to sports and you know integrating baseball with your children i I just think it's a powerful message and for me that's something that i can appreciate it's completely inseated in americana right yes yes but, it really is. Oh, sorry, Craig. No, go ahead. I was going to just tee up Zach real quick here because oh. I made the uh, the joke to him about the Bluefield Blue Jays ballpark when I was down there. I'm like, this is Field of Dreams, just Looks in like the fun. woods, not a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, what do you Yes, but the thing, the thing about Bluefield is they take the corn and make moonshine. <laughs> they don't really <laughs> line, it, line it in the outfield. But, uh, yeah, if you get lost in a cornfield in West Virginia, um, you're going to come back uh, feeling rather well. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal, man. So, it, yeah, Hayden, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, to add on to what Adam was saying, like, so that whole thing about playing catch with your dad, again, like, it's just, it's such a, it, both Americana and Canadiana, but it's it's <laughs> really it's really great. Everything about it is great, right? But on top of that, um, you know, if anyone knows, you know, the first thing about me, it's that I'm a massive, massive Star Wars fanatic. So James Earl Jones in Field of Dreams, yeah, uh, just gave it that little extra something for me. Um, and it's great. I will never forget the first time I saw it driving across. I, I we were probably around where you are, Craig, in New York. Um, and it's it's just iconic. Again, the if you build it, they will come. I mean, I've heard that used in marketing lectures at university. Like, it's crazy. Again, we talk about transcending uh, the sport and transcending the culture. It's it's a true classic. Yeah, and as far as all fun things are concerned, too, the fact that James Earl Jones probably has one of the best 
baseball speeches in all of baseball yes. history, not even just yes. movies <laughs> during this. And uh, the, the standing the test of time, baseball marks the time type thing. It's so awesome. It's, it's awesome. Um, endless. And it honestly, I, every time I even hear that speech, it, even just talking about it, it's giving me chills a little bit. <laughs> so just very, very good movie. And like I said, it might not be full out about watching a baseball game, but just completely cemented in baseball culture in general. And the fact that the, where they film the movie is still a wonderful place yes. where children can go and have a great time playing the great game. So anybody else got anything to weigh in on field of dreams? Yeah. I was just going to say, it's really cool that you can watch that and see old Fenway park. Like before it got all jazzed up, like seeing Fenway park uh, before the monster seats and stuff. And yeah. when he travels there, it's just, it's really cool. Like, I don't know. For me, that's just how, sort of nostalgic. Like, during curse level. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Which, when you were yeah, happy, oh, yeah. Adam, right? <laughs> oh, I was ecstatic. I loved it. Uh, maybe our buddy Zach, while you went out, been so happy with the whole curse thing. But I, he did get to meet Grady Little when I was down there with him. So I had to have been a little bit of a perk up for your Red Sox fandom, my friend. It, it really was. He was he was such a tremendous guy. And uh, it was so Speaking of, you know, bonding with your father or your grandfather in baseball, that's exactly what Grady Little was doing when he came through Bluefield. He and his grandson were going up from Charlotte up to Cooperstown to induct uh, Chipper Jones into the Hall of Fame, and they were just hitting ballparks all along the way. So, I mean, it kind of ties in together that you mentioned Grady Little because, uh, you know, he, he and his grandson were just uh, hopping through, uh, you know, the Carolinas and Virginia and all the way up to New York to the ballpark. and. And me and my grandfather did that years ago, and uh, what a, I mean, such a fun time if you love baseball. That's any any kid would love to do that, and uh, it, it kind of ties in with uh, the movie all all too well. That's awesome. It's kind of like I almost had that planned. Just saying. <laughs> ah, I, I <laughs> duly noted. I like it. There's a reason you and I clicked when I ha- having a visit, right? <laughs> Yes, I think we're we're all on the same page together, and uh, yeah, I are you going to? I hate to break off, but are you coming back this summer? I am going to find it and make a point of being able to come down at some point. If I can bring these awesome. two hooligans with me, I'll figure a way to do that. Out yes, too. <laughs> bring the bring the whole fam damn like we're going to have a good time. Road trip. <laughs> so, anyways. I got to tee Adam Corsair up again because I didn't realize I was breaking the lineup here. <laughs> but as we right. get into the top three, as I mentioned, Adam Corsair gets to yell out, you're killing me smalls with his <laughs> next one. As Feel, uh, Feel of Dreams, like I said, just gets nudged by the Sandlot. Dude, three. the most quotable baseball movie, period. <laughs> period. Like, it doesn't even, nothing touches this movie and it's not like just like the the quotes of the you're killing me smalls or uh all the all the things that ham said behind the plate when they were playing the opposing little league team it's just like the little things like when you hear squint says he robbed he killed about 130 178 guys like it's just a huge jump from the estimate (laughs) it's just like these little things are are so funny to me, like, to the point where my friend and I watched that whole squints thing about the Beast, and I'm like, why didn't anybody, why was anybody upset about the missing thieves? Like, when he goes, after a while, people got worried about the missing thieves. Why? Why? I'm like, shouldn't you be happy that there's no more missing thieves? Like, the thieves are gone. That means nothing's getting stolen. Like, I don't know. I digress. The, the movie is 
the best baseball movie for me personally ever. And I, I watched I watched that movie as a kid in the theater, and since then I was just hooked. For me, hands down, best baseball movie. Yeah, Zach, I'll let you tee up because I gave Hayden number two last time. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny that uh, all, out of all the guys, you know, uh, uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez is the one that makes it because uh, you know he, he had this lore as a kid. You know, he, he, in town they knew like, oh, this guy's the greatest baseball player and he's playing with these goons and uh, you know they just met at this field every day and had and had fun playing baseball and that was their life and uh you know uh i've tried to play baseball in tennis shoes and, and i'm not very fleet of foot anyway so <laughs> benny the jet rodriguez being able to outrun a massive dog and chuck taylor's pretty much uh <laughs> was flyers. probably the greatest athletic feat yeah the pf flyers <laughs> but you know the greatest athletic feats of all time, I, you know, it has to be up there. Definitely. Hayden? It, it's, so just before I sort of give my two cents, I heard in Adam's voice, which I think we talked about this last time, I heard a little bit of New England sort of slip out, which is oh, really... Oh, man. Which I think angry. Was, like, things were getting passionate. But no. Hey, you know, Adam, how many beers? Pretty, no, 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 no. That's just straight passion right there, man. Pretty, pretty much everything that Adam and Zach both said. It's about the love of the game, and I will consistently – I have a younger brother who's two years younger than me, and we are best buds but also consistently fighting and arguing. Uh, You're Killing Me Smalls comes out almost daily. It's, it's hilarious. Um, it's a great movie and has a really great – it's just a great message. It's just fun. It's really fun to watch, and, you know, it makes me feel like I'm a kid again. I say that as if I'm – you know, a middle-aged human being, but um, it's just, it's a great movie overall. I, I somewhat agree with that, and I think it's a little bit too low on the list, but it, it definitely gets all the praise that it deserves and more. Yeah, it's up some up against some impressive competition in these next two ones, so as far as everything goes, this movie in my household here, I live with all women. It includes the four dogs are also all women. I have three stepdaughters, my wife and me, and I'm like I said with the dogs, I'm surrounded by bitches too. <laughs> so, um, as far as it goes, this is one of those movies that all of us can watch together and immensely enjoy it, regardless of the fact that they're not into anywhere near my level of baseball. My wife tolerates my addiction. <laughs> so, but the fact that we can all sit down and watch The Sandlot together... It's perfect, and like I said, it doesn't take a pair of PF flyers or a, uh, you know, conning a uh, lifeguard in for a kiss or, <laughs> or whatever yeah, it man. might be to get that going. But you know, and it doesn't even bring even the throwing it like a girl <laughs> conversation. That was clearly the mark of the time. But just an infinitely good movie, period, and obviously ranks highly on my list. But when you hear these other two. You can see why the math ended up coming up very, very, very close for these top three movies within a couple points of each other as far as how the math came out. So anybody else have anything they would like to add to the Sandlot part of this conversation? Dennis Larry. That's all. <laughs> I am shocked that that kid lived after watching No Cure for Cancer for Dennis L with Dennis Larry. Just saying, you know, he was all jacked up about how he was going to have a, what was it, a... Uh, uh, Barry Manilow skull keg party and his kid gets away with getting rid of freaking Babe Ruth baseball. <laughs> Dude, threw a T-bone steak on his eye. Done deal. <laughs> so, 
But just the fact that that even, and then another baseball movie with James Earl Jones, to Hayden's yeah. credit here, to, you know, get that last little tiny bit of fandom into it. <laughs> but the fact that, that, I don't know if you guys caught that documentary that they had on the Baseball Network recently about how they made this movie and what they did in an actual actuality. The writer and slash director of the movie ended up living part of this as a childhood reality with mm. the beast, the wall, um, unpopularness, having to go over the wall to the fence with the dog to get the baseball to win his friends over kind of thing. It eventually, obviously, evolves into this epic story that becomes the Sandlot. But very interesting stuff as far as everything goes. And if you haven't had a chance to see that, it was like these kids had summer camp and got to play baseball every day. And you could see why that love of the game translated into such a good movie. And you don't need to be the Milwaukee Brewers ripping the movie off <laughs> for a promo, <laughs> which was epic. <laughs> and then I think the best part about that ripoff Christian Yelich being the MVP and ripping on uh, the Jet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That. So, good, fun stuff. Anything else, guys? I mean, I want to take the next one because I think I know what's coming, and I have a feeling Adam might get on me for this. But, but yeah, I think that's <laughs> – we've said, we've said almost all – you know, it's it's fantastic. Probably going to watch it right after this, actually. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I actually watched this movie the other night, and uh, I'm going to bring a little Blue Jay fandom into this that I didn't realize watching it when it came out, but obviously this is something that is now more prevalent, obviously, as Blue Jays fans. The, the number two baseball movie, according to the fun with all the math we have here, is Moneyball, a modern tale about how you can take a team possibly to the brink of beating a team that is epically high in talent in payroll but might have a misconception of what they do with their players. So, um, Zach, I think it's your uh, turn to lead off one here. Well, it, it's always interesting that uh, you throw Brad Pitt into a movie and uh, try to make him ugly. <laughs> I guess... Uh, Epic. Uh, you know, that that's probably one of the better parts of the movie because, you know, everybody's like, oh, Brad Pitt, but... But Moneyball, it, it, like you said, it's it's like an underdog story with uh, sabermetrics involved. Um, you know, uh, it's we we all know as baseball fans what the A's did throughout the uh, you know the nineties and into the early two thousands with just uh, you know using math and, and kind of doing things that were kind of outside the box at the time, and you know just encompass that in that movie. I, I, I thought it was a tremendous movie, and, and it's it, baseball fans love it because, you know, it's an underdog story. And uh, uh, the Oakland A's definitely uh, deserve, uh, you know, a little credit to, uh, to that because, you know, wh who would have thought, uh, you know, using uh, stats in such a way. When, you you know, at, at the time there in the late 90s when it was just, uh, you know, a base hit and a, and a bomb. So uh, it kind of comes full, concept, full circle. Saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and, and the fact that you know that it's you know based on a true story makes it even better. Yeah, Hayden, I know you know, you're rich. And... Well, you know what? Well, I mean, when I was putting my list together about my favorite movies, Moneyball was a very, very close second, and I'll tell you why if I can just elaborate it on a little bit. Um, I believe it came out in 2012 or 2013, and it was 
in many, many ways, sort of the gateway drug of sorts for me to get into baseball statistics. Um, I mean, I was a, a 13 or 14 year old kid reading a Michael Lewis book about economics and statistics in baseball, uh, which is crazy. I probably didn't understand much of it, but I, I adored the movie. I mean, there are some lines that I think are fantastic. Uh, I love Jonah Hill, too. That's just a personal thing. I think he was awesome in the movie. Um, and it was really spectacular. There's this one scene where they're sitting in sort of the war room, and it's this, this, this battle between uh, Peter Brand, who's Jonah Hill's character, and the old school scouts, who are looking at a baseball player's future based on how good his girlfriend looks. And it, it's a very, like, it is comedic in a sense. But then you get this guy coming in here who says, well, OBP is the stat that needs to rule. And, and without that, without that sort of frame of mind, I think a lot of modern sabermetrics saber would not exist. There's some great montages. Uh, and the Scott Hatterberg scene where he cracks that home run, I believe it's to win the 20th or 21st game. I think it's great. I want to say it's a modern classic. I've seen it so many times. Uh, and it's just relatable, right? Because if I were to go to a, to a ball game, I would not know how to see a player for what he is just based on look. I would have to look at the statistics, analyze the numbers, and make my conclusions from there. It's hugely influential for me, and I, I think it is very, very well-deserved that it got this spot. Adam? I think it's a good movie. I do remember uh, taking uh, my wife, then girlfriend, to see this in the theater, and I was excited for it because like, at the time, sabermetrics were sort of booming. It was like the bubble was just starting to blow up. And this is a great introduction to it, I guess you could say. It's a great, uh, if, if anybody really wants to start to understand how this sort of got into play, this is the movie to watch. And, you know, it's not like a perfect illustration of it, but it is sort of an entertaining one. So I, I give it a lot of credit. I, I do think it's more, it's one of the more realistic uh, baseball movies that we've discussed of the ones that we have. So I, I do think in that aspect, historically, it's a it's a solid movie. Yeah. And in all reality, it's the exact opposite of one of the movies we talked here as far as Major League being one of the other movies in this right. countdown. <laughs> Tear a team down or how do we make it better? Yeah. <laughs> maybe right. that's maybe that's how the Cleveland Indians were actually going to be good in that movie to begin with, but maybe that's how it is. So but as far as everything goes, I gotta the thing that dawned on me, because like I said, I happened to be watching this movie the other day as I was just looking for something to watch. I'm flipping through the stuff in my DVD rack. It stuck out to me for whatever the reason was the other night. And in the beginning of the movie, Jason Giambi's gone. Jason Isringhausen's gone. Johnny Damon's gone. And you have, you know, Billy Bean, a.k.a. Brad Pitt in this movie, literally at the heels of freaking Mark Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> yes. begging yeah. begging for some kind of talent to replace one of the three gutted players from his organization. And in all reality, we know some of the Blue Jay fandom that came out of this. Billy Koch ended up being one of the best closers that year in baseball for the Oakland A's after leaving the Blue Jays. Mark Shapiro ends up finally caving at the end of the season after his season is over with and trading Ricardo Rencon that was the little bit of the icing on the cake in the movie for the piece that he wanted, that he needed, that he thought to get to the playoffs and do well in the playoffs with the sabermetric movement that we were in. I just think as a Blue Jay fan watching that, probably for the first time since Shapiro's actually taken office with the Blue Jays, that I it, do you think that's part of the Blue Jays' fans' animosity 
<laughs> toward why <laughs> that's going on with his front office. Now they just see that that prick character <laughs> from <Wow>. the movie <laughs> because in all how abrasive could he be? Oh, you can't afford it is literally just the only thing he says for the first three lines as quote unquote Mark Shapiro <laughs> in that <Yep>. movie. <laughs> Two cents, anybody? <laughs> I think you nailed it. I, I I would hope that that's not legitimate. Like people aren't looking at this movie to to hate on Shapiro, but uh, maybe subliminally right. though. Yes, <laughs> that's yes, all I was yes. thinking. I'm like, yes. oh my god, is that where that conception came from? It couldn't. It, it's been haunting me since I watched that movie, and I've been wanting to say something. So I'm glad I was able to vent with you for. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're down to the nitty gritty. The last on the countdown, the top spot. The leadoff hitter in this is Bull. Frickin' Durham, guys. And uh, the number three Kevin Costner movie that we've talked about this evening. Um, I'm going to talk with uh, Mr. Zach Helton, I think, on this one, being Mr. Bull Durham, basically, in the minor leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this uh, Bull Durham, <laughs> it's funny because uh, this is uh, minor league baseball in its, in its purest form, and baseball in general, because you know, I, I think if anyone's ever played the game or been around the game at any point, you've seen things like this happen. A catcher who uh, shouldn't be here uh, on a rehab assignment or, or down to uh, maybe uh, bring a pitcher up uh, who's disgruntled. Uh, uh, a, a young stud pitcher who is uh, away and over his head, uh, you know, buying a Porsche or uh, trying, to, trying to woo, uh, you know, an in-town girl. Uh, you know, this is this is minor league life in, in a nutshell, and, and everything in this movie is tremendous. Even at the end, when uh, you know C- Crash gets uh, released for a, a new catcher from Bluefield, so uh, <laughs> it, it, it all comes <laughs> everything everything in this movie I love about it, and and it's and it's like most of these movies we've talked about uh, tonight. Uh, any point in the movie, you, you you're changing the channels, and any point in the movie you you see Bull Durham on, you're going to stay there. You're going to you're going to finish watching it. So, uh, Kevin Costner probably owes us a little coin for this list, but uh, uh, he is he is the quintessential baseball guy, uh, movie wise. So, uh, him as a catcher, I, I think is tremendous. And Nuke Lelouch, uh, I've played with guys like him. I, I've seen guys in Bluefield like him. So. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a good pitcher. He played a pitcher rather well. And, and Susan Strandon, uh, especially in small towns like Bluefield and, and Princeton and the Appy Leagues, there's a lot of Susan Sarandons around. So <laughs> they're looking to hitch, hitch their wagon to anyone who's leaving town with a, with a paycheck. And uh, it, it was, it, you know, there's so many aspects of this movie. I could go on and on for days, but, uh, you know, uh I, I love Bull Durham, and, and it's one of those movies. Uh, it never gets old. Any it, as long as there's baseball, Bur- Bull Durham will be relevant. Yeah, and the fact that the historic relevance is still there—that the fact that that field is still there and being used by college baseball and high, and high school baseball teams there in Durham—and the only thing that's different is they actually physically moved the ball to the new location <laughs> so the Tampa Bay Rays yeah. minor league team can hit that damn ball, you know, with the stewardess hitting it. <laughs> so, but, um, fellas, um, Adam, what do you think? Okay, a couple things. First of all, uh, Susan Sarandon, total smoke show in this movie, I have to say. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there because I feel like we're all thinking about it. But uh, Tim <laughs> Robbins, great performance in this movie. I, th- I think, like, you know, people like to remember him uh, in this movie as sort of like a 
it's kind of like a smart ass, but like he did a, a awesome job nailing that. I think um, the exact quote was billion dollar arm, fifty cent head. There you go, nailed <laughs> it. Um, and the the one thing that sticks out to me the most in this movie is when Sarandon and Costner are, are talking while he's taking batting practice and still maintaining conversations with her, swings the bat with one arm and still makes contact with the ball. I'm like, that is impressive. That is really, really impressive that he can do that without even looking. So props to Kevin Costner for that. There you go. Hayden? You know, the thing, so obviously I totally agree with everything that's been said. Um, there's one scene that really sticks out to me, and that's the mound visit scene, um, which is totally one of my favorites and you know like it's just a really feel-good movie i love kevin costner i mean like i feel like we've been sort of joking at the fact that he's appeared on this list so many times but i think when it comes down to it i think he's a tremendous actor and especially with these baseball movies he really sort of encompasses that feeling that nostalgia that wholesome love of the game and you know what it deserves it it really does and i, I was particularly interested to hear you know what zach said about minor league life and because you watch it and you wonder do these characters exist you know, are there people like this? Uh, you know, not that they're particularly bad, but just real characters. Really interesting, funny, real guys. And, and I think it's great to hear that that is actually the case. And uh, love Susan Sarandon as well. This was my second Susan Sarandon movie. I saw her in Thelma and Louise, which I thought was fantastic. But yeah, super great movie. Deserves the top spot as far as I'm concerned. So, Zach, I have to air the question here. How many rainouts, quote unquote, rainouts have there been in Bluefield because of this movie? <laughs> you know, uh, there's been times that uh, a the entire crew, uh, full timers and interns alike, would would pull a tarp out early in the morning, anticipating rain, and then by the afternoon when I got to the park, the tarp was gone and the field was drenched. So I don't know if anyone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Wynn took it or maybe a few players, but, uh, you know, uh, days off are, uh, you know, especially in the Appy League, I think they get maybe four days off. So anytime they can uh, take a few extra hours of relief, uh, they're going to they're gonna take it. So, I, you know, I haven't seen it personally, but I would not doubt that it hasn't happened, especially at Bowen Field. Yeah. I just had to ask because as far as it goes, I just could picture anybody that's like, oh, we need an off day, that that might be a go-to plan all of a sudden. It's just too perfect. And yeah. It seems, oh, my God, it's a disaster. <laughs> the so. back gate to Bowen Field is always open, so uh, I would not put anything past anyone I've seen come through that organization the past couple of years. <laughs> Maybe I'm just going to give credit to the Blue Jays player development for culturing those young minds with Bull Durham enough to actually give them that plan. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, me personally, this is one of my favorite baseball movies. And uh, like Zach, this was actually the one I voted for on this list to be number one. But I actually, funny enough, didn't weigh as much into it as some of the other ones here. The fact that... The fans voted for this one as well. I got way too many Bull Durham gifts, including me giving the, <laughs> the oh my God, there's so many uh, votes. And it was Kevin Costner after he hits the home run and calling it, running, rounding first base and going, oh, yay, and slapping his yeah. face. <laughs> and so um, it, it's just one of those movies that, like I said, I think it's instantly relatable. It's funny. There's still a really good story to it. And the fact that there is no lollygagging, at least going on on this show, <laughs> and everybody's putting in their stuff, um, it shows what can become of a 
quote-unquote bad team with a little bit of a catalyst and how teamwork can end up work, winning ball games and everything like that. So I'm not shocked that this end up is holding a special place in most baseball fans' hearts. I do infinitely agree with everybody in this conversation that this could have been, we could have rolled the dice on five different days and gotten five different results for this countdown. <laughs> Because that's how close the numbers ended up coming out to be. But, gentlemen, I'm going to give you a chance to tote your favorite movie here on why it should have been number one. And I'm going to give, uh, I guess, Adam, because I'm just going to go in alphabetical order here. <laughs> Tell me why you, Sandlot, I'm assuming, is your favorite movie and why that one deserves to be number one. Oh, you picked up that Sandlot's my favorite movie. I, I can't imagine why. Um <laughs> Uh, look, like I said, it, it's with baseball, you start playing that game as a child and having the Sandlot to sort of kickstart that is, I don't know, I think that's very special. Um, having a movie that, that, you know, adults don't really dictate the pace of the movie as actors in the film. You have all these kids that while watching it, like, I still don't see a lot of flaws in the acting. Like, sure, you can nitpick it. It's not like golden globes worthy but it's still like a solid movie and for kids to have pulled it off and really after that haven't really done anything except for ham maybe um it's pretty good like i I can't i can't hate on it like it's it's the most quotable baseball movie i feel in existence period um as hayden said like you say you're killing me smalls or whatever like it that is something that rings true for a lot of baseball fans if not all like, it, it, you may not recognize the source, but you definitely recognize, like, okay, this has something to do with film and baseball. And there's sort of an investigation process after that. So for me, what I love about The Sandlot is it's timeless. That movie will never, ever, ever get old. That movie will never not be relatable for kids playing baseball. And that's why I feel it should be number one. Yeah, so all I'm hearing, Adam, is not only are you waiting to give your eventual son a <laughs> baseball glove, but you're dying for the fact that he's like five, six years old where he can actually remember watching this movie with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do it with my daughter, too. No shame. And she'll be like a left-handed softball pitcher. It's fine with me. I'm cool with it. Game on. Yeah. <laughs> so, Hayden. Yes, give me your sir. Pitch, sir. So, yeah, you know, the, the reason why I think that, you know, the natural, I understand, is probably not objectively the best baseball movie, but it is my favorite, and, and I, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about it, but um, I, I do a lot more when I when I watch a movie. I'm a big fan of music and, and uh, music in film, so when I'm watching a movie, I also kind of listen to a movie, um, and I love the score. I love the, the, the cinematics uh, that are in it, and again, when I picture a star baseball player and I close my eyes, I picture Roy Hobbs. Uh, it's just so iconic to me and so beautifully done i will never forget the first time i saw the shooting scene and was absolutely blown away and shocked because i had no idea what was going to happen um i just think it's fantastic it's a little bit of a journey but i think that's what good movies do and craig i think you hit it perfectly when you said we could have rolled the dice on like five different days and we would have said this deserves a top spot right once we get to the top five i mean i think they're all fantastic but that's my little that's my elevator pitch me personally, I'm still waiting for a little big league to break the top here because just the, <laughs> just the bullpen guys and the Bowers and <laughs> all the screaming and everything, that's just perfectly spot on with how what at least the teams I played on, the dugout shenanigans were on a completely different level. It was 
hot foots, <laughs> bubble gums on hats, <laughs> everything, and under the sun. So, anyway, Zach Helton, I think you're actually kind of, at least on this day where we roll the dice, happy with where your guys, uh, your favorite one here landed. Um, give me your pitch on why Bull Durham was your favorite movie and why it deserves to be number one. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Little Big League because I was going to say uh, a young Bill Hayward must be allowed to speak his mind. That's, uh, any manager should be able to speak their mind to the uh, umpire. But, yes, Bull Durham is, uh, you know, uh, guys who play the game, you know, anybody who makes it to the majors has, you know, been through the grind of the bus leagues. And, and uh, you know, me personally, you know, I grew up, you know, 40 minutes south of Bluefield. I, I, you know, I've been to every happy league park and, and, and I've seen, uh, you know, the, uh, the bottom rung of minor league baseball from, from a young age, especially when I, when I was kind of getting into baseball and falling in love with baseball movies like Bull Durham. So I, I kind of seen it uh, firsthand early on. And then once I started working in minor league baseball, I was like, you know, this is spot on. <laughs> Yeah. So it, it's one of those it's one of those things, you know, you love the movie, even if even if you don't know that this is a, a pretty much a spot on uh, a, analogy of, of minor league baseball. But anyone who's came up through the, the ranks of, of baseball into the major leagues, they know that uh, Bull Durham is, is right there uh, with uh, what they've lived and what they've seen. And, and uh, I think that's what's so great about it. And, and you mentioned the shower scene. Uh, throwing the bats in there and scaring a bunch of kids. That's when that's when the, the season turned around. So uh, I, I don't know if, if that's ever happened uh, in real life, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't deny it. I, would, I wouldn't doubt it. It's at least come from one manager shouting rant. <laughs> so it may be exactly. Well, that was that was like. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, you mentioned Grady Little. You mentioned Grady Little there. Uh, he he talked about. Uh, they had hit a, had a hit in maybe like eight or ten days, and he went and set all the bats on fire out in the outfield. And that night, they had maybe twelve or fifteen hits. So that that type of stuff happens in minor league baseball, and and uh, people look from the outside and oh, that doesn't happen. But you know, people who have spent time in minor league baseball, like, yeah, that's that's real life. Yeah, <laughs> it's work, right? You still got to have fun one way or the other. So as far as it goes, I. That's my one. Mulderham falls into my top ones easy, just because it is such a from being a minor league reporter for more or less my tenure as a writer so far. You see the shenanigans and the goofing around and all the good fun stuff along with obviously putting in the good work of becoming a hopefully good ball player and the fact that he keeps calling him meat throughout the whole stinking movie was probably my favorite thing because he keeps going, why does he call me meat? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm the one driving a Porsche. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and long as he's not singing, women get me woolly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine on the bus, right? <laughs> exactly. So, gentlemen, um, I think that's pretty much it. Unless anybody's got that last stinging moment that they want to get in here before I start asking what's up in every one, each and one of your lives to give you a plug here. Yeah, let me tell you about the Sandlot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I leave it open-ended? <laughs> no, I'm good. So, all right. Um, here's here's my yeah, go ahead. here's my issue. One one last uh, thought: the bench warmers. Why do these kids not lay down bunts? No one <laughs> on that. No one. Those three. Those three guys are not athletic to field a bunt properly. 
Just lay down bunts, get the win, and get out of there. Let's go. Or Roger Dorn it and freaking lean into it for the team. Come, come on. Exactly. <laughs> so there's so many options there. And honestly, that was one that I know that was an infinitely silly, stupid baseball movie, but it was rather fun to ride the Gus bus for an hour and a half, right? <laughs> <laughs> so Zach, seeing you're um, the most uh, newest person on the show for this, I know I love talking to you, and it's always great to have you on the show whenever we can, and obviously whenever I can actually get the pleasure of visiting you in Bluefield. Um, what's going on in Zach's world, man? I know you got all sorts of things cooking in the off season. Yeah, actually, currently as we speak, I'm at Wheeling Island Casino in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, we are. Uh, I'm with uh, University of Virginia's College at Wise. Uh, we are, uh, I, I do their basketball games on the radio there. I've done their football games in, in the fall and, and we're on the road in, in a conference, uh, uh, weekend. Uh, last night we played at West Liberty university and tomorrow we're at Wheeling Jesuit before uh, getaway day. So we're in the middle of basketball season, uh, men's and women's, uh, men's and women's doubleheaders, uh, every time out in conference. So, uh, two basketball games a night here for, uh, probably the next, uh, five to six weeks at least, and then uh, I'll be doing some uh, high school baseball and softball right before uh, the Blue Jays kick off in the middle of in the middle of June. Which has been officially confirmed for you coming back at this point in the season, right? Yes, I, I, I was surprised. Uh, as, uh, I went to the winter meetings and got to uh, hang out with uh, Jesse and the guys and, and all the uh, broadcasters, and we had a good time, and, and uh, my GM at was there at the winter meetings and he said i would love to have you back and i said how much have you been drinking but it, but <laughs> once uh, once everyone sobered up everyone sobered up he said yes i do want you back so i said yes okay i'm back so uh yeah it, 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 the appy league is uh, is a different beast it's so it's so fun to see these guys coming straight out of high school or straight from the dominican or or out of college and, and making their professional debut in uh, the beautiful Appalachian Mountains, and uh, I, I'd love to be a part of that because, you know, it's like Vlad uh, uh, Jr. years ago, I caught the tail end of his his uh, Bluefield time, and, you know, I saw that guy when he was learning how to play the game, and, and uh, uh, you know, I feel in a couple of years it'll be the Eric Pardinos, Andy McGuire's, and Alejandro Kirk's that will be saying, yeah, I, Craig, remember when we were sitting in that booth talking to each other and we were watching those guys play? What a time it was. And, and Craig, you know, uh, Bowen Field is one of the most beautiful ballparks in all of baseball, and that's where I get to call home most of the summer. Uh, and, and you know, I, I am beyond blessed to, to be able to call baseball at a professional ever level. Yeah, I was honestly, I felt truly fortunate the fact that I was able to meet up with you for that doubleheader that one day, and the fact that the whole Bluefield family basically, more or less, was nice enough to chip in on that article I wrote for Jay's Journal at the time. I think. I can't remember if I did it with you, Adam, or not on the uh, South of the Six or not, but it was just fun. It was a great, fun experience. Great place to see a ball game if you happen to be in the, you know, West, almost West Virginia area, basically, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, the, the, actually, the state line, yeah, the state line of Virginia, West Virginia runs through uh, second base of Bowen Field. <laughs> That doesn't shock me from where I was driving around through the most snakiest of roads on my way there. I was so glad I found on the way back that night, my friend, to where I was staying for my day job that I was fortunate enough to stumble upon the highway and go straight <laughs> instead of the wonderful mountains. Yeah, it's not, it's not very often you stumble upon the highway, but uh, in uh, central Appalachia, that is the case. <laughs> yep. 
but wonderfully rustic and beautiful at the same time. And honestly, man, I couldn't be more happy for you to be able to get into, get back to doing that again once it finally does roll into rookie ball time for the Appalachian League. So, and it's been a pleasure having you on tonight, my friend. I, I'm so glad you guys asked me to be a part, and uh, maybe we'll get to do it again soon. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to figure out plenty of fun things for us to goof around with and talk with, but um, i got to move on here for a sec to Hayden Godfrey, my friend, um, also a big contributor here at Jay's, uh, Jaybird Watching as well. What's going on with you and uh, your writings for Jay's Journal and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I've been doing a lot for Jay's Journal, just sort of pitching in when I can. Um, I have been doing quite a bit of work with uh, the minor league teams and covering the minor league teams. It's it's an absolute blast. I mean, the, the entire Jay's Journal team, I don't know how many of them, Craig, that you've had uh, on Jaybird watching, but they're all fantastic individuals, as are you know the three of you, and I'm, I'm truly happy. I'm coming up on my one-year anniversary with Jay's Journal. Uh, it seems like it was just yesterday, and it's crazy. But yeah, if you're ever um, in the mood for Jay's scribblings, I uh, cannot recommend... Uh, the folks at Jay's Journal uh, enough. Uh, you can skip over my stuff. It's sort of sort of juvenile, but um, it's a lot of fun, and I'm I'm doing a lot of work with them, and and look forward to doing some more good stuff. Good deal, man. And um, obviously, you're more welcome here. And honestly, anybody at Jay's Journal that is looking for an extra outlet, they're more welcome to come here. Make that word known that they can come here and hang out on Jaybird watching yeah. anytime. I don't know how many of the new guys since I have split have gotten that benefit of being able to get on a podcast or anything so they're obviously more than welcome here um and of course there mr raptor at this point of the year for south of the com. how's it going my friend and what are you up to it's so wonderful to be a raptors fan it right really now is it's so wonderful like right. you know the the celtics loss aside like that really 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 rubbed me the wrong way um because you know i live in it so like it, everyone <laughs> has to let me know about it um but it's just so wonderful to be a raptors fan because like there's some genuine hope that they can uh overcome the demons of the postseason in the playoffs and actually make a run for the finals but what we're doing right now on south of the six we're talking about raptors all day every day pretty much um i do a podcast on the raptors once a week um once the baseball season starts heating up that's when blue jays content on south of the six will heat up as well we have a plethora of good writers uh craig much you are included in that uh that roster as well so Head on over to southofthesix.com. Um, That's how the cool kids spell it. It's the number six and the letters I-X. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. My personal is at Acorsair21. And um, you can also find me at South of the Six on Twitter. That's where I do most of my Raptors in, uh, in-game ops. So uh, check it out. Check out the website. Check out the podcast. Uh, and Craig, thank you for having me on. And Hayden, Zach, it's great talking to you guys. Great talking to you as well, Adam. This is so so great to just chat, and Craig, thanks, uh, as always, for getting us together. Yeah. And um, don't worry, guys, as far as all the Twitter stuff goes, I'll make sure that everybody in the podcast verse knows where you to find you guys to be able to tell us how bad we did this tonight. <laughs> 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 Why are you kidding me? That's it. Are you killing me, Smalls? <laughs> <laughs> I don't take I don't take private messages. You have to send it to my PO box, and uh, good luck getting that. <laughs> Denied. <laughs> so, gentlemen, it has been 
just in, insanely fun tonight, and I'm glad I was able to get all three of you together. It's been fun. I will do our be- do my best, Zach, to make sure I can get these hooligans with me on a road trip to Bluefield <laughs> so we can see how the Cal Stevensons and whatnot of the world are doing. <laughs> so, yes, and we'll have to grab a beverage this time afterwards. That, that's exactly it. I Unfortunately, last time, that was not quite going to happen after a doubleheader, and it was like, what midnight basically <laughs> by the time yes, you were done yeah. <laughs> so good deal my friends and like i said everybody don't forget um we're gaining some steam jaybirdwatching.com is getting plenty of clicks after our wonderful inception of actually finally making a web page to go along with it uh south of the six.com is always wonderful to be bait repodcast redistributing our podcast here and we're getting good steam here as far as everything goes so make sure you hit those things up we're hoping to get more fan episodes going here where we i will actually interview a blue jays fan on their fandom and say hey what do you love about the blue jays all that kind of good fun stuff which home runs the best is it the roberto alomar the bat flip joe carter what you know those kind of good things so plenty coming we also will have a wonderful wednesday wallop coming for you this week with brandon panikar and myself craig borden so there will be more blue jays news after the shenanigans of tonight's non-blue jays news at all episode (laughs) so more coming for you here on jaybird watching hit those subscribe buttons on itunes google play everything you can get your podcasting pleasures from and don't forget to hit us up at birdwatchinggc on twitter and hit us up with any kind of uh combos you want or if you just want to keep gifting me wonderful baseball movie twitter things like we've been doing all week <laughs> good more fun stuff you know but if i see bregma in the freaking bat- batting cage locked anymore it's gonna be a little weird <laughs> so thanks again everybody and uh this is we will have everybody's twitter accounts available for you so you can uh, jump in on a conversation with all the gang here this evening go blue jays and hope you enjoyed the show peace out thanks so much guys Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big-